Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog mostly daily over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. The process I personally will probably always have to go to go through for the rest of my entire life. And that is um, cleaning and organizing does not come naturally to me. Uh, that's why I call my blog reality-based cleaning and organizing based on my reality. So um, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing methods that actually work in real life for people who don't like cleaning and organizing. So um, <clears throat> welcome. This is my first podcast since or my first podcast of 2014. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, in case you didn't know, January is decluttering season. I have no idea if that's like an actual, you know, national holiday or anything like that or whatever, uh, but it is. It's true. I personally thought back in, let's see, the first time I specifically remember being bitten hard by the decluttering bug was in about 2003. And um, maybe it was 2004, whatever. Anyway, uh, I remember after Christmas just kind of starting to freak out over how much stuff I had and how I needed to get rid of it and just feeling this, ah, you know, and then I started noticing, wow, I, I seem to feel that way every January. Well, it wasn't until I started my blog and kind of put myself out there showing my own decluttering efforts and starting to, you know, find other people through that who struggle the same way I do. And just in general, I have seen in the last several years that it's a thing. January is decluttering season. That's why they make so many, um, you know, sales on, on organizing products and things like that in January. Um, it really is. I, I think that it's partly, um, you know, you wake up, <clears throat> usually happens December 26th. My traffic starts to spike on my blog. Um, but you know, you wake up the day after Christmas and you think, oh my goodness, I have so much stuff. And your house is a little more cluttered anyway, because it's just been a crazy time of year. And you know, you've got extra stuff out in your Christmas decorations. And so it just kind of naturally makes you think I got to get rid of some stuff. And a lot of people have a little bit of time off, um, during that week, you know, sometimes it's cold. So you're stuck inside and you think I've got to declutter. So it is a normal thing. Uh, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. Um, and uh, just know that I give lots of decluttering tips in all of my podcasts. So go back and check, uh, just search A Slob Comes Clean in iTunes, and you can find them all and subscribe there. So, uh, okay, so I am going to talk specifically about decluttering today. Um, like I said, it's January, and over at aslobcomesclean.com, we're having a decluttering party. Because if we're going to declutter, we might as well have a little bit of fun with it. So what I'm doing is I'm specifically talking mostly about decluttering this month. And um, in that, I have uh, different posts that I wrote last week and um, or the week after Christmas, whatever. My time passage awareness disorder is in full swing right now. Uh, but anyway, so I have posts that are specifically on how to declutter specific areas of your home, how to declutter a child's room. That's what we're going to talk about today. How to declutter your kitchen, how to declutter, um, uh, living areas and clothing. So specific to different areas that people are focusing on right now. And what those are, they're just a collection of what I have learned from all the decluttering that I've done. I am not certified organizer by 
any stretch of the imagination, but I'm somebody who struggles with clutter and has had to work through huge amounts of clutter. And so I've come up with strategies on, you know, just by going through it myself. And so I share those strategies in those posts. And I also link to, uh, project posts that I have done in the past on the blog. So you can, you know, sometimes if you're just glancing through, you'll find things, but it'll specifically have, you know, different posts where I specifically decluttered clothing or I specifically worked on kitchen cabinets or whatever. So, uh, that's, what's going on over there. Um, this week on the blog and in my life, basically, I'm just doing a little decluttering here and there, and I've done one huge decluttering project, which I will talk about tomorrow on the website. Um, and that was my own closet floor. Now, one of my big decluttering rules is to stick with um, to stick with visibility, meaning, you know, what is the most visible thing? Because the tendency is to want to go and declutter something off in a space that no one ever sees because maybe it won't get messed up again so quickly. But I make it my personal rule to try to prioritize decluttering projects by visibility. What is the most visible thing in my home? Because that's going to encourage me once it's decluttered, it's going to encourage me to keep going, but it's also going to make our life function more easily. Well, my bedroom closet floor is not visible to the Brandon person who walks in my house because I will tackle them before they get through my master bedroom door. Um, they will not get in there. However, it was causing a lot of problems that were visible in the house because I could not get into my closet. I'll share about that in that post, but I seriously could not get in my own closet. Well, um, that meant that I wasn't hanging things up the way I should be. So I, that messed up my laundry room and it messed up, you know, doorknobs throughout the house that had, um, nearby the laundry room had clothes hanging on them because I couldn't get them into my closet and my drawers. I had things folded that I would normally hang. Well, those things didn't fit in my drawers. So my drawers weren't closing and it was just getting worse and worse. So I decided I have got to be able to get into my closet. So I cleared the floor this week. That's what I've been doing. Um, but I have other things too. Last week on the decluttering party, each Friday in January, uh, I'm doing a decluttering party over on the blog and you can come and if you have a blog of your own, you can write a post there that shows what you're doing in your home and uh, link it up. So hopefully you can get some traffic to your blog because we all love blog traffic. Um, but if you don't have a blog, just come and talk about it in the comments. Just say, Hey, this is what I did this week. Um, it's really fun and really encouraging to see that I am not the only one out there decluttering that people all over are decluttering in their homes too. And it's just fun and inspiring. And a lot of times I learn a lot just seeing what other people are doing in their houses. So what I talked about last week, um, was following that visibility rule because right after Christmas, my house was crazy. We did not have any family Christmas events at our house. So we had had some, some things that happened in the week before Christmas. So we had had our house, you know, nicely decorated and, and cleaned up and all that. But when actual Christmas happened, it was just us. Well, when it's just us, I have a really hard time making everything, um, perfect. It just doesn't work that way. So, uh, my house was pretty much a wreck and, um, I really wanted to work on my master bedroom. I had some time, now not a lot because we were out of town some during Christmas holidays, but I had some time and I really wanted to just go tackle this huge room, but I, I decided, no, I'm going to stick to my visibility rule 
and get the house picked up, the Christmas decorations put away, the clutter from packages and all that kind of stuff thrown away or put away, whatever, and do that first. Because what tends to happen is I'll go work on some little hole somewhere and then I come out and my house looks just as bad as it ever did and I've been working all day and that's very discouraging. So I stuck with my visibility rule and I got the living areas cleaned up um, and that was a huge help because our family's able to function. And now I've been able to go do things like tackle that closet floor, um, in my bedroom. That's not as visible, but I wasn't sacrificing our living space, the visible stuff we see every day for that stuff. That's not as visible. Um, there's also some neat posts on there. I've really, like I said, I just really enjoy, uh, seeing what other people are doing. So other things that I have tackled, I got rid of our VHS tapes, mm-hmm. VH, VHS tapes, um, I'm afraid are kind of like eight tracks. You know how the big joke is always, oh, an eight track of that. I honestly don't know what an eight track is. I think I saw one once, maybe. I don't know what they are, but VHS, that was my time, and I loved how durable VHS tapes were for my kids to, you know, my kids were able at a very young age to stuff them in the VCR and the, you know, the orange ones were blues clues and the, um, what what color were Barney? Anyway, I don't remember, but you know, they different colors of tapes for different things. So the kids knew and they could stick those in there. Um, but the fact is that VHS, like I, I think I saw some article or heard it on the news or something of the last, this was years ago, the last truckload of VHS tapes was being delivered. Like they don't even make them anymore. They are not even manufactured. So they really are going to be completely obsolete at some point. Well, over the summer, I, um, or early school year, at some point, I took the two seconds necessary to move our VCR back into our, um, or I just put it into storage because it had been on our TV stand, which is not a great TV stand. So it's very, you know, awkward and kind of balanced funny anyway with everything on there. Well, it was just one more big thing and it hadn't been plugged into our new TV that we got a year ago. So I'd finally gotten rid of the VCR, but we still had VHS tapes kind of, you know, coming up out of the container over there in this place in our, our living room. So I finally decided I was going to tackle it because, um, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't get rid of every VHS tape. Um, I'm keeping a few that I know are not easily replaceable. And also our wedding is on a VHS tape, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not just completely saying they're all gone and I'm not quite ready to devote the time to transferring them to something else. But, um, I did get rid of the ones that let's just be honest. We're never going to set up the VCR specifically for this VHS tape. You know, if it's not something we would go through the hassle of figuring out how to put the VCR with the new TV, then it's not worth us keeping. So I got rid of most of our VHS tapes, including the ones that I had when I lived in Thailand by myself in an apartment with no English TV. And this was before the days where you could watch TV on the internet, um, you know, I had those things memorized. It was a set of Lucy, uh, tapes that I had. And I loved those things because that was all I had. I mean, I watched the same videos every single night when I would come home and make my supper and, you know, just sit in front and watch that, you know, cause that was all that I had to do. So it really was, um, 
difficult to part with those, but knowing that, um, you know, just how obsolete they are helped me with that. So, and it was fun to see the reactions that I got from people on Facebook about, um, decluttering VHS tapes. Like people get really kind of worked up about that. Um, I also wrote a post this week, um, called it's okay to be sad. And I have recently stuck in the donate pile. It's not gone yet. Uh, we still have to have the man come and pick up the donate pile, but I have recently parted with a bookcase that I painted for my daughter. Now it's not just, I painted it a color. I painted it like a dollhouse. Okay. It's kind of a bookcase that's shaped like a dollhouse has a, you know, a roof on top, which means it's not really something we can convert into, um, you know, something that's not a dollhouse, but I painted it back when I first started the blog. I was excited that my daily habits were freeing up time in my day. And I did that for her and she loved it. She was about three at the time and, um, she played with it and then she kind of quit playing with it, but it was still working as a bookcase. And in it, I mean, I'm not an artist, but I was proud of myself. I drew a little picture of our family on the wall and a little couch and a little rug that looked just like our rug that we had. And, um, so I really loved that dollhouse and it was very sentimental, extremely sentimental. Well, she's grown out of using it as a dollhouse and then doing some rearranging in her room recently made us realize that she really doesn't have a place for it in her room anymore. Um, and that was hard because it just was a sign that she's growing up, which is a reality but it's still hard. And sometimes I want to hang on to that. And I think, how can I get rid of something that I painted for my daughter? But, um, we simply don't have the space. And so I had to allow myself to feel the sadness of letting that go. And once I felt the sadness, then I was okay. And I think sometimes as a master procrastinator, that I put off feeling sadness because I just, oh, I don't have time to let that sink in right now. I don't have time to, you know, I, I just don't want to deal with that sadness right now. But if I will just let myself experience the sadness and say, you know what, this is really hard letting this go. I don't like it. And just accepting that and feeling it for a moment, then I'm able to get rid of it. And I may look back at it and go, oh, but I have a picture. I have a picture of it and it's a whole lot easier to flip through pictures and remember things and snuggle on the couch than it is to remember things while you're tripping over stuff in your dusty garage and trying to get rid of stuff and thinking, oh my word, why do we have so much stuff? It's not as fun when you're dealing with actual clutter than it is to reminisce looking at the picture of it and the photo and, and being able to remember that way in a way that doesn't clutter up your home. So, um, I just talked about that. You know, I talked when, when I got rid of my crib that I had for three different children, I cried when this pregnant woman left with it from the garage sale. I mean, it hurt my heart. I thought, Oh my goodness, the crib we got for my oldest child is gone. I don't own it anymore. If we have another child, that child's not going to have it. But once it was, you know, once I owned that feeling and it was gone, you know, I haven't missed it. I haven't missed tripping over it or, you know, it falling all the time. Cause when a crib is in pieces, it's a really difficult thing to store. So when it was in pieces, you know, and I would have to move it to get behind things or just always finding a new place to put it for later or whenever I might need it. 
that not having that to deal with was very helpful for me. So, um, I just talked about that, you know, being willing to let myself feel that sadness so that then I can move on from that. But I also link in that post and I'll link to it again. Um, a post by Amy of raising arrows.net. Uh, she lost a child. I believe her daughter was about seven months old when she lost her. It's, it was obviously about the most traumatic thing a mother can ever go through. And so she talks in her post about how that extreme loss and that grief affected her relationship with stuff. And, um, and I, it's a beautiful picture to me and it really helped me understand because I've heard so many times that uh, people who deal with hoarding issues can often trace their, you know, their issues that they have back to a specific traumatic event. And Amy just explained it in a way that helped me understand that. And so if, if that is, you know, if, you know, my, my sentimental sadness is nothing compared to what a lot of people have had to deal with, um, you know, real, true grief and, um, sadness and depression, those type things. If that's what you've had to deal with, you know, it, you might need, a counselor, somebody professional, you know, to help you move through that. But I do recommend Amy's post just as a way to go. Oh, so that's how that all kind of works together. Um, okay. So let's talk specifically about, um, how to declutter a child's room. Now, before I get into this, let me just explain that if you looked at my kids' rooms right now, oh my word, you would think, why am I listening to her? Well, as I always say, um, it's cause I declutter, I know about decluttering from experience, like lots and lots and lots of experience. And my kids' rooms are way better than they used to be way better than they could be. <clears throat> and it's because we've just purged and purged and purged and purged and purged stuff from them, but they still get crazy. Cause you know, my kids kind of come from a legitimate, um, heritage of, uh, clutter issues. So anyway, um, I I don't love bedrooms. They're not my favorite thing. I don't feel successful in them, but I do know that, um, decluttering in the kids' bedrooms is, is essential. Uh, one of the things I, I talk about a lot is my clutter threshold and something for moms to realize is, um, your clutter threshold may be different from your child's clutter threshold. So the thing I keep telling myself is if it continually gets messy, then it's time to purge and a purge that lasts longer means that we're being successful. If you, you know, clean up the room and it's back to being crazy messy in an hour, then I know personally that we have to get rid of more stuff. So it's the same as it's been in my own house. The more stuff I get rid of, the longer my, you know, I'm able to maintain things. Uh, and so I kind of, you know, go by that rule in my kids' rooms too. Um, okay. So specific strategies, this is hard because, you know, when you deal with somebody else's space and your child is their own person, they have their own likes and dislikes. And we know that. And sometimes that's hard though, to kind of comprehend as mothers. Um, I like to be in control, but the reality is they're their own people. And so they may have things that they love and that they're passionate about that I don't see the value in. So what I try to do is go with the rules. Now I am Noni from a slob comes clean.com and my kids know that. And so they kind of go, Oh yeah, you write about decluttering. So we have to listen. Well, you can blame me and say, 
Noni says, you know, and stick with the rules so that you have something arbitrary, something that's not personal. So you're not saying, I don't think you should keep this doll because this doll is missing an eye. I mean, it's not you against them. It's not your opinion versus them. It's what are the rules that we have? And they're not rules like I've made up these rules, but they're just, they're concepts and strategies and realities of life that you just have to deal with. And so that's how we base things. So what I mean is, um, things like do the easy stuff first, you know, anytime you look at a room and it's overwhelming, you just think I can't do this. Well, it's the same basic concept with kids and you, you know, they look in there and they think, well, I don't want to get rid of anything. I mean, there's nothing in here that I want to get rid of. Well, do the easy stuff. Let's throw away the trash. Oh, okay. Well, I guess there is trash that I want to get rid of. And so you get the trash bag and you just start throwing away the trash. Okay. Well, that was easy. And then the room looks a little bit better and they think, oh, wow. Cause you know, it's funny to me how excited kids get over an organized room. And that's one of the reasons I am so okay with the sneak attack because my kids have never resented it. When I will clean their room while they're gone at school, they think it's the greatest thing ever. Now, the problem with that is I think they think, oh, well, if I just, you know, procrastinate long enough, mom will do it eventually, which is probably true. But, um, you know, the sneak attack is great, but kids like their room being less cluttered. They like being able to see their toys. And so, you know, going with that, do the easy stuff first. Let's get rid of the trash. Let's get the stuff out of here that doesn't go in your room. I don't know why it is, but the step stool from the kitchen that I'm always looking for, it's always in my daughter's room, you know, or other random things that I just think this doesn't go in here. And we all know that, but for some reason it ended up in here and then it just blended with the clutter. So let's do the easy stuff first. And you can just say, this is all we're going to do. We're going to do the easy stuff first. What's easy. Okay. You know, what's the next thing that's easy. Um, one of the things that's really important is decluttering momentum and doing the easy stuff first allows you to gain that momentum. Um, I do not believe that it is best to tackle the most difficult decisions first while you're fresh. I think that's when it comes to decluttering, that's not a good idea. Um, personally, I need to, um, do what's obvious first, and then I gain momentum and I'm more willing to make those difficult decisions. I find that to be the same way with my children. Um, and especially when you're helping someone else to clutter, whether it's your children or whoever, um, you know, getting the stuff that they go, Oh, well, well, yeah, I have been meaning to do that. Oh yes, I have, I have meant to, um, pick that up or, you know, whatever little random trash on the floor, you know, I've meant to do that, but I just haven't. We'll go ahead and help them do that stuff first. And then they'll start to see the benefits of decluttering. Um, also the concept of just decluttering instead of saying, okay, we're going to go out and buy, oh my goodness, this is such a temptation with kids stuff, but you know, they have really cute stuff to organize kids stuff. Ikea is fantastic. Container store, all that kind of stuff. You really can find some great things in those, those, bookshelf things with the bins on them and all that. I mean, I loved that kind of stuff, but it didn't work in our house. Okay. So kind of gave up on them eventually. I mean, I think there's definitely a place for those to be used, but instead of saying, okay, before we work on your room, we're going to go to the store and buy a bunch of stuff, just start decluttering, just getting stuff out of there. And what happens with that is you end up with a, with actual space to play. And when the kids have real space to play in their room, my kids are so 
I mean, it's like I don't see them for a while because they just go play, play, play in their room. And it starts to, it helps me understand how empty space is really important for kids, you know, just to have empty space to play in. Um, and then there is the container concept. Seriously, I feel like I just, I don't know, talk about containers all the time because it has been such a game changer for me to understand the concept of containers. Um, and with kids, this is huge. Meaning your closet is a container. Okay. Your drawers are a container, your toy box, which I got rid of toy boxes a long time ago, early in the blog, because really all they were was just like a graveyard for little toys. So I finally just got rid of those things, but whatever containers they do have, you know, for my daughter, she has stuffed animals on a shelf. Well, that shelf is the container. And what that means is when the shelf is full, we don't have any more room for your stuffed animals. So if you really like this one, then you need to switch it out and get rid of one of the ones that's already on the shelf because that's the container. That's the designated space for that. Um, the same goes with clothes. You know, how many of your clothes can fit in the drawer? Now here I'm talking about this and I was just talking about my own drawers overflowing, but that is the same concept I have to use in working with my own clothes. But it helps when you say with the kids, well, this is your drawer. You know, I'm not the one saying that you can't have any more clothes than this. I'm just saying this is your drawer. The drawer is the one making this decision. And it helps for me as a mom to put that off on, see, this is the way it is. It's not me. I'm not the one making the decision. Um, but using the containers and, and, you know, using a shelf, if you have a shelf for toys, well, then you get to keep the toys that will fit on the shelf. And if you love something that's not on the shelf, then you take something off and, you know, that's just an easy way. I loved hearing from some readers who've used this in their kids' rooms and specifically in the closet and saying, you know, this is how much stuff will hang in your closet um, and we'll switch out. You know, it kind of helps you prioritize what things you really, really love and what things are just like, oh, I should probably keep that just in case. But, you know, accepting the space that you have. And as someone who struggles with clutter, you know, the more I realize that, for me personally, the more I see the value in just, you know, my kids learning that now and understanding these things in a way that's just truth. I mean, it's just truth. We only have a certain amount of space. And if we shove too much stuff into that space, we're not going to be able to function. So, okay. Well, it's been 27 minutes. So I am going to wrap up now. And um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you listened this whole time, then maybe you liked it and you can go. Please leave me a um, uh, review. That's what they're called. A review in iTunes. Those greatly help with uh, people finding it. Um, I'm not sure what the algorithm is there in iTunes, but uh, I know that um, the more you know, positive reviews that we have, or, you know, words that you mention in your review of cleaning and organizing, decluttering, stuff like that, um, inspiring, anything like that really helps for people to find the podcast when they're searching in iTunes. So I greatly appreciate any of you who do that. Don't forget that you can go to a slobcomesclean.com slash connect, and you will be able to, um, uh, find me on all my social media channels. I am also doing Google Plus Hangouts this month uh, in January on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central. 
they are recorded. So if you can't be there at that time, it's no big deal. You can watch it later, but I'm just talking about basic decluttering, um, stuff. It's all part of the decluttering party that's going on right now. Also want to let you know, if you sign up to be an email subscriber for, um, my website, that means that you get, um, any, anytime a new post is published, you will get that in email. You can either get it every day or you can get it once a week. There are two choices. And for either of those, uh, I have a new freebie set up, which is a printable version of my two decluttering questions, my only two decluttering questions. I don't do big lists of 10 questions. I don't have time for 10 questions for every item. So I have my two decluttering questions and those are in a cute little printable that you can print out and take with you around your house as you're working. So you don't have to just memorize those questions. Um, but all email subscribers, once you get your first email, if you scroll to the bottom, it says, um, click here for this exclusive printable for email subscribers. Um, so that's to encourage you to subscribe and, um, don't forget to, this is podcast. Oh my goodness. I don't remember what podcast number this is. I think it's number 16 and, uh, you can go to a slob slash podcasts and uh, click on this one, 16, but I will also title it in case that's not the number, uh, how to declutter a child's room. So uh, thank you so much for joining me and I will see you on the blog or see you next time. Bye.